Bibles to the Gospel of John, chapter 1. And this morning we're going to be looking at verse 49. Now, leading into the time of Easter, we have been looking at the different miracles of Jesus Christ and how they prove. His deity, how they show He can meet our needs, and how they show how He can relate to us. Now, we have looked at how He has healed the sick, how He has cast out demons, how He has restored sight to the blind, how He has cleansed the lepers, walked on water, fed the multitudes, 
raised the dead, and turned water into wine. Now, today, what I want to do is take a step back before we get into the last miracles we will be looking at, and I want to give you the purpose for Jesus' miracles. And if you look at the different miracles that Jesus performed and what the Old Testament prophets said about him, what you're going to see is that his miracles proved or had eight purposes. They actually had eight purposes. And we're going to be looking at that today. So if you would, again, turn to John chapter 1, and we'll be looking at verse 49. And it's written, Nathanael answered and said unto him, Rabbi, thou art that son of God, thou art that king of Israel. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our most gracious and loving Father, Lord, as we come before you, just ask your blessings upon the reading of your word. Just be with us today as we worship together. Just give us an insight into your word, an understanding into your word, and just illuminate your word, and help us just to apply its truths to our hearts and our life. And Lord, again, we just thank you and praise you for the many blessings that you've given us, the blessings of your precious and holy Son, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the blessings of life and liberty. And Lord, today as we come to worship, we just pray that you would be with us today, that You would just be with those that could not make it today, those that are sick and shut in, those that may have lost loved ones. We just lift them up to you, Lord, and just ask your blessings upon each one. And Lord, I just pray that you would just speak through me today. Give me the words to say and just bind down Satan and let him have no part of this service. And Lord, if there's anyone here today that doesn't know you as Lord and Savior, if there's anyone here that needs to make any decision, I pray that you would speak to their hearts. We just ask this in your Son's precious and holy name, Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, look closely at what Nathaniel is saying here. He, first he calls Jesus rabbi or teacher. He says, teacher, thou art the son of God. And then he says, thou art the king of Israel. Basically, He is saying that Jesus is a teacher. Then he is the son of God. And then he is the Messiah, the king of Israel, the coming king, the promise that was to come. So he recognizes different things about Jesus just from one miracle that Jesus performs. Now, if you look back, what we see, if you look, Back at verse 43, and then go forward, we see that Jesus had went into Galilee and he found Philip and told Philip to come follow him. And then Philip goes and he goes to find Nathanael. And when he finds Nathanael, he tells Nathanael, He says, we have found him of whom Moses did write in the law and the prophets, Jesus, that son of Joseph, that was of Nazareth. And then we see Nathanael's response. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? And then 
Philip tells him, come and see, and then he brings Nathanael to Jesus. And then we see Jesus, when he sees Nathanael, he says, behold, an Israelite in whom there is no guile. Basically, he was commenting on Nathanael's faith in God. And then Nathanael says, how do you know me? And then look at what Jesus tells him. He says, before that Philip called thee, when thou wast under the fig tree, I saw thee. I saw thee. So what he is showing here to Nathaniel is his power and deity. And we'll look at that a little closer here in just a second. But Nathaniel had been under this fig tree. Now I want you to look at these verses very closely because one, we're not really told what Nathaniel was doing under the fig tree. He may have been praying. He may have been resting. But what we are told is that Philip, when Philip goes into the city, he has to find Nathaniel. He had to find him. Look at, look at verse 45. It says Philip found Nathaniel. He had to search for him. So Jesus would not have known where Nathanael was in that city unless he was God. And he tells him, before Philip found you, I saw you under that fig tree. Now, how did Jesus see him there? What are, what are three things that we know about God? Now, God has many different attributes, but what are three things that we know about God? First, he's omnipotent. He's all-powerful. He's omniscient. He's all-knowing. And he's omnipresent. He's everywhere present. So wherever we go... God is there. We cannot escape God's presence. That's how Jesus knew where Nathaniel was. He saw him there. Just as he sees every single one of us wherever we are. Wherever we go. We cannot escape the eyes of God. And this is why Nathaniel declares, Thou art that Son of God. Thou art that King of Israel. He recognizes the deity of Jesus at that moment. So Jesus' miracle proved things to Nathaniel. It proved that Jesus is the Son of God and that Jesus is the promised Messiah, the King of Israel. Now, looking at all of Jesus' miracles, they had an eightfold purpose. So we're going to look at eight things today concerning Jesus' miracles. And the first is 
they fulfilled Old Testament prophecy. So when we look at his miracles, they fulfilled Old Testament prophecy. The second thing is they prove Jesus' deity. The third, they prove he is the Messiah. The fourth, they validated his message, his teachings. The fifth, they demonstrated his compassion, the compassion that he had on his creation. They revealed his glory. Number six, number seven, they increased the faith of the disciples. And then number eight, they showed his authority to forgive sins. Now, looking at this list, and then looking at what Nathaniel declares about Jesus Christ, what are the things that this one small miracle proved to Nathaniel out of that list? In declaring that Jesus was the Son of God and the King of Israel, what we see is that one miracle that Jesus performed with Nathanael, just telling Nathanael that before Philip you know, found you, I saw you under the fig tree, Nathanael's statement shows that he is saying Jesus fulfilled Old Testament prophecy. He was the coming Messiah. So it also revealed that he is the Messiah to him. The coming king. It proved his deity. Nathaniel says, you're the son of God. It revealed Jesus' glory to Nathaniel. And it increased Nathaniel's faith. So it did five things to Nathaniel at that moment. But then, once Jesus began teaching and working other miracles, we would also see those miracles that Nathaniel was present for, it would show Jesus' compassion. It would show the compassion that Jesus had on others. It would validate the message that Jesus was doing. And it would show that Jesus Christ had the power to forgive sins. And we also see this with the other disciples when they witnessed Jesus' miracles. Because think about it. And we'll look a little bit more closely at this in a minute. But think about what Peter says about Jesus. When Jesus says, Who do men say that the Son of Man What do men say to the Son of Man? Who do they say I am? And what did Peter say? They said, well, people think that you're Isaiah or Elijah or one of the other prophets. And then Jesus says, well, who do you say that I am? And Peter said, you're the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Peter had been there witnessing Jesus' miracles. And he recognizes that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. So let's look at these eight purposes. The first is, his miracles fulfilled Old Testament prophecy. Now when you look back in the Old Testament, you're going to see numerous prophecies concerning the coming Messiah. Now, the majority of them can be found 
in the book of Isaiah. Isaiah is full of messianic prophecies. And two that came to my mind as I was preparing this sermon, the two that came to my mind, also we find verses in the Gospels where these are repeated. And both of these verses that are repeated in the Gospels come from Isaiah. They come from the book of Isaiah. Look over at Matthew chapter 8, verses 16 and 17. And look at what, it, what Matthew writes. He says, When even was come, they brought unto him many that were possessed with devils, and he cast out the spirits with his word and healed all that were sick, that it might be fulfilled. So we see the miracles are a fulfillment of prophecy, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, he took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. Now that is from Isaiah chapter 53, and I think it's verse 4. So we see that Jesus fulfilled these prophecies in the miracles that he was performing, that he was taking the infirmities of the people, the, the sicknesses off the people and bringing them onto himself, and that he was healing them. And then we also see another prophecy that was fulfilled. And that is the prophecy of doubt. And you might be thinking, well, how is there a prophecy of doubt? Because Isaiah also prophesied that people wouldn't believe. Even after seeing the miracles. They wouldn't believe on Jesus. So Jesus also fulfilled that prophecy. He would perform miracles and the people wouldn't believe. And we see this numerous times. Think about when, when he raised Lazarus from the dead. What did it say? Some believed, but some doubted. And then if you look over at John 12, 37 and 38, after Jesus performed a miracle there, it said that some doubted. They didn't believe, even after seeing Jesus performing this miracle. Now think about that. How hard people's hearts can be. That you have the Son of God in your midst and you just see Him perform this miracle or back in John 11, you just see Him raise someone from the dead and you don't believe. But Isaiah prophesied on that. Look at Isaiah 53.1. Who will believe our report and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? People won't believe. Why? Because their hearts are hardened. So his miracles fulfilled Old Testament prophecy. But we also see that his miracles proved his deity. Now in the past several weeks, we have been looking at how Jesus' miracles proved his deity. And we see this in what Nathaniel says about Christ in John 1.49, Rabbi, thou art that Son of God. 
You're the king of Israel. Thou art that king of Israel. So we see that Nathanael believed after seeing Jesus' miracle, he believed that Jesus is the son of God. But we also see this when Jesus calmed the storm. In Matthew 14, 32 and 33, what does it say? It says that the, that the disciples came over to him and worshipped him and declared his deity. This is the son of God. Or when Thomas sees the resurrected and risen Savior after Christ had raised from the dead in John 20, 28, after Jesus tells Thomas, handle me, you know, here's my hands, here's my side, handle me, touch me, and you'll see that I'm, I'm real. What does Thomas say? He declares, Jesus, my Lord and my God. He sees him as Lord and God. So his miracles proved his deity because only God could perform these miracles. But then his miracles also proved he is the Messiah. And this ties in with our first, with our first purpose. All throughout the Old Testament, we see prophecy after prophecy concerning the Messiah and his coming. Jesus' miracles proved that he was the long-awaited Messiah. And we see this in John's purpose statement. Now, if you ever want to know why John wrote his gospel, he wrote a purpose statement. Look at John chapter 20, verse 31. In that one verse, John tells you why he wrote that gospel. But these things are written that ye might believe that Jesus is that Christ, the Messiah, that Son of God, and that believing ye might have life through his name. So John wrote his gospel and talked about the different miracles of Christ so that people would believe on Christ. Well, because he's the Messiah, he's the Son of God. And that in believing, we would have life through him. And again, we see how his miracles showed that he is the Messiah in the numerous declarations that he is the Son of God. Nathaniel's declaration, and then Peter's declaration, but we also see Peter declaring it twice. Look at John chapter 6. In verse 69, Peter declares Jesus the Christ, the Son of God. So his miracles proved that he is the Messiah, that long-awaited Messiah, the King of Israel. And then his, his ah, I can't talk. His miracles validated his message. Number four, look at all the teachings and promises that Jesus gave us in the Gospels. But then look at the entire Bible because that's the word of God. Jesus' miracles validated what he told us.
showed us that his promises will be kept. His miracles prove that he has the power to keep his promises and they showed his teachings are true and that his teachings are trustworthy. Prove these things. And we can see this in the statement of Nicodemus. Look at John 3, 2. Look at what Nicodemus tells Jesus. It says, This man came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God. Now look at this. For no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. So here you have Nicodemus, this Pharisee, coming to Jesus by night and declaring, your miracles are showing that God is with you. They show that God is with you. Validating the teachings of Christ. Because he also says, you're a teacher, come from God. We know this because of your miracles. You're a teacher, come from God. But we also see this in John 6.2. Look at John 6.2. It says, and a great multitude followed him because they saw his miracles, which he did on them that were diseased. Now, think about that. These people saw the miracles and they start following Jesus. But then what are they also hearing? They're hearing Jesus' teachings. They're hearing his teachings and the miracles were validating his message that he had come from God, that he was the Son of God, the promised Messiah. So we have many people following Jesus and hearing his messages. And this goes into the fifth point. When Jesus was performing these miracles and people were coming to him, the multitudes were flocking to him, what does he do? He has compassion. He has compassion on them. So his miracles demonstrated his compassion. And we've been looking at that over the last several weeks, the different miracles that Jesus, that Jesus performed showing that he can meet the needs of people. But they also demonstrated his compassion. Now, if you don't want to flip to these verses, that's fine, but write these verses down that I'm going to give you because in each one of these, you're going to find the word compassion, that Jesus had compassion. In feeding the multitudes, it shows Jesus had compassion. Matthew 9, 36, 14, 14, and Matthew 15, 32. You're going to see the word compassion in those verses, showing that Jesus had compassion on the people when he was feeding them, giving sight to the blind. Matthew 20, 34, you're going to see the word compassion there. It says that Jesus saw this blind man crying out to him, wanting to be healed, and Jesus had compassion on him. Cleansing the lepers, Mark 1, 40 through 41. 
They were crying out to Christ, and Christ had compassion on them. He had compassion to heal them. Just as you look at Luke 7, 12 through 13, the, the widow who had just lost her son, he had compassion on her. And what did he do? He raised her son from the dead. So he had compassion upon those who had lost loved ones. We don't see the word compassion when he raised Lazarus from the dead, but what do we see? It says Jesus wept. When he seen the people crying and their sorrow over losing Lazarus, Jesus had compassion on them. He wept. And then Mark 5, 18 through 19, it talks about someone that was possessed by a demon being brought to Christ. It said that Christ had compassion on him and cast out the demon. So in these passages, it talks about Jesus' compassion on these different people. So his miracles prove his compassion. It proves his compassion and the love that he has on his creation. But we also see because he is long-suffering towards us, that he still has compassion on us. And that he still calls people to be saved. He has compassion towards his creation. His miracles demonstrated his compassion. Now when we look at number six and seven, we're going to tie those two together because they come from the same verse. And it's a verse that we looked at last week and that is that his miracles revealed his glory, number six, and his miracles increased the faith of the disciples. Look over at John 2, verse 11. It is after Jesus turned the water into wine. Should be right across the page from where we were looking at Nathaniel. In John 2.11, it says, This beginning of miracles did Jesus in Cana, a town of Galilee, and showed forth his glory, and his disciples believed on him. Now let's look at number six. His miracles reveal his glory. His miracles revealed his glory. Now, before we go any further into that, what does the word glory mean? Now, if you were to look in the dictionary, you would see words like renown, honor, splendor, magnificence, praise, or worship. But in terms of the Bible, when it talks about God's glory... It is referring to the majesty of God. His majesty and his splendor, his holiness. And this is what is meant in this verse. When Jesus performs his miracles, it was revealing the majesty of God to the disciples and to those that were witnessing the miracles. And as a result of seeing the majesty of God, 
the disciples' faith in Christ increased because they were beholding the majesty, the holiness, and the splendor of Jesus Christ. And we see this in what Nathanael says when he declares Jesus the Son of God. Thou art that Son of God. So the miracle, this one miracle that Jesus performed on a very small scale with Nathanael revealed his majesty to Nathanael, his glory and his splendor. And that's what we see with the other disciples. Whenever they would behold Jesus' miracles, their faith would increase because they would see this majesty and splendor. That's why we see Peter making his declaration that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. But think about something else. You can go to when Jesus died on the cross. What did the Roman centurion say? Truly, this was the Son of God. Just witnessing the majesty of Jesus' death revealed his glory to this Roman centurion. So all of his miracles revealed this majesty and splendor as it showed the power of God. And as a result, in seeing Jesus' power revealed, it increased the faith of the disciples and they believed that he is the Christ, the Son of God. And then lastly... Turn over to Luke chapter 5. Number 8, his miracles show his authority to forgive sins. His miracles show his authority to forgive sins. In Jesus' miracles, we see them prove the purposes, prove, you know, the, the miracles prove these first seven purposes. But then that all culminates in one purpose. The miracles show Jesus' authority because he has compassion, because he is the Son of God, because he is the Messiah, because he is fulfilling Old Testament prophecy, because he is doing all these different things, revealing his glory and increasing faith. It shows that he has the power and authority to forgive sins. And we see this in Luke 5, 20-24. And when he saw their faith, he said unto him, Man, thy sins are forgiven thee. Then the scribes and the Pharisees began to reason, saying, Who is this that speaketh blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God only? But when Jesus perceived their reasoning, he answered and said unto them, What reason ye in your hearts, whether it is easier to say thy sins are forgiven thee, or to say, rise and walk, but that ye may know that the Son of Man hath authority to forgive sins in earth? He said unto the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, arise, take up thy bed, and go into thine house. So to prove to the scribes and Pharisees that he had authority 
to forgive sins when he forgave the sins of the man that was sick of the palsy after witnessing his faith, he heals him. Why? Because he performed another miracle there as well. Because God is omniscient and all-knowing, he perceived what was in their hearts. He knew what they were thinking. So when Jesus saw the faith of the men lowering the, the sick of the palsy man through the roof, when he saw the faith of the sick of the palsy man, he forgave his sins. But when he perceived what was in the hearts of the scribes and Pharisees, he proved to them that he had the authority to forgive sins by performing a miracle. And that is healing this man's palsy. So when we look at all of Jesus' miracles, the purposes of all of his miracles, they culminated in one thing. They proved his authority to forgive sins because he is the Son of God. He is the Son of God. All of his miracles prove he is the Messiah, the Son of God. They prove his power, his compassion, his love, his mercy, and authority to forgive sins. And they also prove that if you have not received him as Lord and Savior, you need to believe on him. And you need him today. Let's stand for prayer. Our most gracious and loving Father, Lord, as we come before you, just thank you, Lord, for your word. I thank you, Lord, that we can just learn from it. And I just pray that you would be with us during this time of invitation. And Lord, if there's anyone here that doesn't know you as Lord and Savior, just pray that you would speak to their heart. Just continue to be with us. Overshadow us with your love and watch care. We just ask this in your son's precious and holy name, Jesus Christ. Amen.